Uh, I just believe in the process, and we're, we're going to win going through the process. Now, Bill's Mafia. It's time for the main event. So sit back and enjoy the show. Bill's Mafia, welcome to the review show. It's Matt and Alex on the Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bill's podcast, Bill's News with the UK Twist. And we are four and one. Went into Arrowhead, took on the Chiefs, completely smashed them. Alex, how have you recovered and how are you feeling? Oh, we took care of business. It was fantastic. I, I don't even know what universe I'm in right now. <laughs> I mean, just when uh, I was in Manchester over the weekend um, on Sunday, uh, John C. McGinley, Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Was mm-hmm. street. So I went up there for that, got a picture with him, uh, did a little Q&A thing. And so after that, got back to the hotel had five guys at like 1030. I don't recommend that. It does all different things to your body. Um, took a nap, woke up for the game and oh, that halftime. Oh, why do you do this to us? Yeah. Hey, it could, it could have been better. It could rather have that or rather have whoever that British rapper H was um, in the London game. Oh, see, I, I, mean, I, didn't, show. I didn't watch that at all. And yeah, I if guess that, that was pretty bad too. So if, if, if you gave me a choice between both of them, I would take a rain delay rather yeah. than listen to him. <laughs> no one engaged. He couldn't understand a word he was saying. That's good. It was a lot better in the, um, with the rain delay, but that's, uh, did you, that's um, me. I mean, did you start to lose it at all at any point? No, no, you, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was wide awake. I think I tried to I tried to get myself down for about what, a couple of hours, but it didn't happen. Yeah. So I was up at what half seven that morning, and slept till about eight o'clock on the Monday. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was going strong. I think the majority of the people were going strong. I think some people decided to give up, but that's obviously the weather delay actually didn't help in that situation, but. Yeah. What, what do you think of it? Did you did you actually think it actually hindered us or or really helped us a little bit? Because we're talking obviously, the Chiefs had this had their big um, locker room where they could be more comfortable. The Bills were in a more cramped and hotter environment, and so we saw pictures of the players going out into the um, into the corridor and all that. Yeah, it was uh, the Pat McAfee show. Do you listen to that at all? Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. No. Um, it's like one of the worst away locker rooms in the uh, in the NFL. So, <laughs> sorry, there's a crow outside my window, and it was really just. It looked like it was going to break through my window. Um, okay. Yeah, so there's got to be like standards, right, for like mm. NFL locker rooms. I mean, are the Chiefs have like the bare minimum, and uh, whoever's in charge of the sandwiches. I mean, you got it's it's got to be like 50-50 peanut butter to jam, right? I mean. You can't mess that I, up. I, mean, I don't. I don't usually have peanut butter and uh, peanut butter and jam or peanut. All butter right. And jam when you sandwiches. were a wee little lad, did you not have peanut butter and jam sandwiches? <clears throat> no. What? Oh, that's an anomaly. Yeah. No, I didn't. Okay. And I was going to ask you ask that question. What's the perfect <laughs> amount of peanut butter and jelly? <laughs> and I, uh, and all jam. right. Now here, let's 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 spin this and put a, a UK spin on this. Uh, what goes first, clotted cream or jam? Well, it depends on what way you put in the um, scone. Well, that's what I mean. With the scone, right? It What goes first, the jam or the cream? 
If you stack them both on, you can have the cream jam and jam and cream pumped together. Oh, I see. If you make a sandwich out of it, then that's too much bread. You got to cut it in half and then eat have each half at the time. At the time, I do um, I do cream then jam on top. And the other way around, then. Yeah, of course. Jam is jam and cream. <laughs> I, I put butter on mine. To be honest, cream on top put, of jam. I put a bit of butter on it. I mean, other way around. I find it much easier to put jam on top of cream. Much easier to spread. But hey, we're we're, we're digressing here. We're digressing. Yeah, this isn't the Great British Bake Off review show. This is the Bills review show. Um, <clears throat> I gotta say, maybe it was because I was watching the game in a hotel room and my wife was sleeping. I didn't want to make a lot of noise. I was pretty calm during the game, but not a good calm. I was just waiting for the inevitable Chiefs explosion, and it never came. Yeah. So yeah. I want to ask you, what was your at what point in the game were you like, all right, we, we locked up the W? I think as soon as we, pretty much as soon as that interception, that mm-hmm. Mecca Hyde pick six came back. Okay. I think that was what? That was like, almost halfway through the third quarter, or right at the beginning mm-hmm. of the third quarter and all that. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that we've already, um, we've already suffocated their offense by mm-hmm. playing the um, cover to the high safety, the pretty much the Tampa Bay um, blueprint from the um from the Super Bowl in there. I think once we got to that point, I thought, okay, yes, they may put up a few more garbage time, um, garbage time yards and points, but I think we had enough comfortable mm-hmm. there to actually um to see that uh, to see the game out. And I think really the Russo interception fourth quarter really I think sealed that um sealed it in my opinion. The, the Russo interception was, I hated what we did afterwards. Because mm. we get that interception and we go three and out. And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. You know, we just gave the Chiefs an opportunity to get back in the game. We were given a chance to ice it and we didn't take it. So we go three and out. What came off the clock? Like a minute 50. And I'm like, that, like we, that. Didn't, we didn't do enough. We didn't mm. do enough. And it was just on the next drive. I believe they went for it on fourth down and missed it. That's when I was locked in. Like, holy shit, we did it. I can't believe we did it. Yeah. For most think- of the game, for most of the game, when it was um, when it was taking field goals, I was like, that's not enough. Then the Chiefs score. When we punted, I'm like, it's not enough. We can't punt. We can't punt. And then we make them punt. And I was like, holy shit. They were like yeah. three punts. And I was like, that does not think- happen. I mean, we held them to under 400 yards, which I said we wouldn't do. I mean, our defense is legit, and mm. I, I didn't see this coming. But uh, one thing, I know we're skipping around in the notes, but was it our defense or was it the Chiefs not executing? Because I believe it was more the Chiefs not executing than it was our defense. I, mean, I, I think it's the other way around. I think they had the brush. They had blueprint, as I say. You've had the blueprint. Teams have actually given you that, that blueprint. We didn't want um, Blitz Mahomes. Right. What happened when we blitzed Mahomes last year? Yeah, of course. He yeah. ca- he carved us up. Mm-hmm. So I think doing that and then having the, the high safety, so at least double teaming Tyreek Hill, who yeah. actually had probably his worst game I've seen in a while. The fact we've doubled that up, um, I think it's more on the defense making plays than it is with Mahomes and actually not executing and the offense not executing. Because we kept everyone in front. We kept all tackles in front. We've never really allowed anything behind us. 
So we played that game. We played how Frazier and McDermott actually set it up and executed that perfectly. So you're telling me it's that simple? Just play cover two? Just play a Tampa two defense? It seems so. It seems <laughs> it's so well, crazy because, like, that, that's just a play in Madden. You can't take a play in seems, Madden and have it work in the actual NFL. But, I mean, no, it, I mean, it's crazy. It's worked it's, twice already, maybe a couple more times. <clears throat> I mean, this was the first time that a, that a defense, like, held them to, like, under 400 yards. And, I mean, Mahomes, only two touchdowns. He had that's two interceptions. It was it was just as, as – it was as perfect as you could ask for. Obviously, not a shutout. That would be perfect. And I, yeah. I think that's what I'm expecting, and that's maybe where I need to get my head on straight. But, I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Hill had six miscompletions, Kelsey four. Uh, they had no run game, mm-hmm. I guess – when you draw up a game plan and your players execute it to perfection, this is what it looks like against the best offense in the league. And, this is all you and, could ask for. I mean, hell, anybody could put up 21 points on this Chiefs defense. They're in trouble, I think. And that's where this, that's where this, um, I said in the pre in the in the preview show, Star, even though he wasn't, you didn't really hear his name that much in there. He made that difference, especially yeah. in that run game. Yeah. So as That's much very as I, surprising to me, like, yeah, I mean, you've talked about, you've talked him up all off season and into the season. And I'm like, I'm thinking it back in my head. Cause I don't want to challenge you on everything, but like, <laughs> He's just one player. How can just one player affect everything? But that's what people talked about with uh, Chris Jones in the, in the, in the chief's defense. They needed him. Uh, yeah. He needed star. He's, He'll intentionally, and they showed this on some of the replays, he intentionally eats up two offensive linemen and everybody else just went to work. I know that we only got the one sack, but Mahomes was uncomfortable all game long. Hmm. And it's crazy because, like, you didn't see that in in, in the Texans game. I mean, everybody elevated their game and brought their A++ game. I mean, Russo, Hughes, Mario Addison even, uh, Boogie. Uh, Epinesa, uh, Obata went in the middle. I mean, the timeshare yeah. that we have on the defensive line, like we could trade three of these guys and get a lot back in return and still be effective. Like we have the best like rotational defensive line in the NFL, yeah, okay. I think. I mean, there's no, none of them are, none of them are going to make the pro bowl, but they're remarkably effective. And that's just great to see. And I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at it. They, the number one overall defense they're number one in pretty much every category. The only ones they're not is the passing touchdowns allowed, um, which they're joint second. Um, 173.4 yards per passing game, second. Um, and they're joint second with 867 um, passing yards. Um, obviously, Panthers were um, were top or were joint second. Yeah, they got third, like that. And they obviously played last night. So uh, it's... It's what we can see and what we can actually say, that we've got the freshness. I mean, Milano, if we had Milano, I would probably say that the Chiefs wouldn't even got 20 points on that defense, on that with that offense, if Milano was playing. Tough to say because, I mean, what one Chiefs offensive play were you like, wow, there wasn't one. I can't no. think of one. So, like, I, I, I imagine even if Milano plays, he does – I think it's the same game. Honestly, uh, I mean the the the. Then you go. You'll have the rotation of. Out. Sorry, the rotation of Klein on early down when they could run, and then Saran Neal comes in. 
just nobody missed a beat. I mean, every single player could grade out with an A on this defense. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one one thing um, I'm going to put out there, and I'm going to stick it out on the um, on Twitter as well. What would you say if I said Gregory Rousseau is is a top level um, defensive rookie of the year candidate? I need to go look at what the other rookies have done. Honestly, not keeping tabs on them, but at the at the moment, I at the moment he leads rookies with sacks mm-hmm. with three. He's second with one interception amongst all rookies, and I'm talking this on the defensive line. I'm not talking about cornerback and all that. Yeah. You know that they're um they're doing they're doing their stuff, mm-hmm. and he's joint first amongst rookies with four tackles for a loss. Okay, so sacks, that's a good stat. I'm happy with that stat. Yeah. So his tackles and assisted tackles are quite low on there, but the defense you see now. the impact he's making and with his huge arms, his length. And as I say, and I'll keep saying this every show when we talk about him, I was wrong. I'm holding my hands up on that. I didn't think he would make an impact. I think it was a wasted pick. But now I'm completely turned around. And I will admit I made a mistake on that one. Yeah. It's, so, I mean, it's like a, this is like the year of I was wrong. Because hmm. people were wrong on Rousseau. I was wrong for this game. And you're like, hell, I'm happy to be wrong. You know? <laughs> I mean, this team is constantly showing us that they could do anything. Hmm. And that's, I could shed a tear right now. Because, I mean, think of all of the struggles that we've had as Bills fans. And here's a team that just, like, planted their flag at hmm. center field against the best team in the AFC and said, Mm-mm, it's our time. Yeah. Holy shit. And what, what makes it a thing? As I say, the, yes, I'm going to go back to the first four games. I mean, the only one really gave us problems, which shouldn't have given us problems with Steelers. But since the season opener and that game, we've outscored opponents 156 to 41. The Steelers game was last year's Cardinals game. Yeah. And- Punch in the mouth, a wake-up call. And then it's us saying, uh-uh, we're not having that anymore. And this ties ties nicely when we talk about the offense. That the last four four straight games, they posted five um, four plus of 35 points or more, which is a team record set in 2004. I mean, not all the offense. We did get a pick six well, on defense, but that's that's what's well, that's yeah, one but, thing that always irks me. It's not just you, they even did it on Sunday night football. They were like, these 35 points scored against the Chiefs. I was like, nope, not the Chiefs defense. Oh, yeah. He scored sure. some against the Chiefs offense. But yeah, I mean, <sighs> even in the third quarter when we had some three and outs and we had some stops, the Chiefs defense would stop us sometimes. I guess I I gotta not think that we're gonna score on every drive. I, I felt like we needed that against the Chiefs. So maybe I'm just a little overly critical there, but I mean there's nothing to be upset about in this game. I mean, Josh Allen, yeah. if, if anything, maybe it's his completion percentage, but when you get 315 yards on only 15 completions, that means you saw the whole field, you had yeah. time, and you were able to pick that team apart at their weakest point, which was down the field. I mean, that, I mean, we, yeah. uh, we said it in the preview, the Chiefs defense gives up big plays. Big uh, <coughs> completions against, and it's just, I mean, I, I'm at a loss of words for Josh Allen. 
Yeah, I mean, he's taking my breath away. He's put, obviously, we've put up the number, obviously now, after that game, we are, I believe, the number one scoring offence in the um, in the league. It might potentially have gone down, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm checked stats. I did this last night before the um, before the uh, Ravens game, but Ravens number one over scoring defence. Wow. Um, 172 points, 34.4 points a game. Only t- joint first, um, or joint first best in um, inceptions. We're only actually given away two inceptions. Second best in um, amount of sacks um, given up with only five. And this is from an offensive line that the last two weeks have actually been chopped and changed a little bit. Yeah. And, and against the Washington to- offense defensive line that was supposed yeah. to get to us. Yeah. And you've it- had... You've had no, there was no rotation on that O line for that whole Chiefs game. That Everyone was really impressive. Those and, guys wanted it. And Allen barely got, um, well, he did get touched a few times, and uh, we're not going to really go into that because we can talk all day about um, poor refereeing decisions. And I mean, yeah, I mean, every team has some pressure. That, but when, when Allen's pressured, he doesn't care. He can get out of it hmm. easily and he can make great plays. One bonehead play with the, you know, that diving, that throwaway. But I think he was like, right after that, he was like, I don't have to do that. I don't have to. Yeah. Do this. this isn't Allen of two years ago. Um, there's two ups and two downs on this offense, I say. Up, Dustin Knox. Up, Emmanuel Sanders. Down, Cole Beasley. Down, Gabe Davis. It's like those two guys, those four have essentially like replaced each other. Whereas last year, it was Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis. And then mm. now this year, it's Dustin Knox and Emmanuel Sanders. Um <clears throat> Cole Beasley only 39% of this of the offensive snaps. Uh, I guess let's talk about Cole for a minute. Let's not go into this too much, but is it performance or is it personal? To be honest, I think I read somewhere that it was part of the game plan. Hmm? I think I can't remember where I read it. I'd have to go back and probably post up another time, but I think it was part of the game plan that they would give Beasley a little less, um, a little less time. Mm. I think the way this, the way the offense started going around with Sanders and obviously with Dawson Knox, you always want to try and play the hot hand where you can, and then sprinkle in the other guys on there. I, I, I kind of feel that it might be a case that production stepped back a bit. Who knows what it could be? It could be a accumulation of um, many things. I'm, I'm a bit shocked that Gabe Davis is is again very low and not being used that much but i think but hell Emmanuel game, Sanders is working though you know yeah I, mean, we I don't think this game gabe davis i think the only reason in my opinion they did that was because of what they were actually managed to get the production wise out of um sanders and out of um knox that they've got so far ahead they really just had they played almost conservative once they got um what two Two, two, three scores ahead at the time. Yeah. That really, there wasn't much need to bring in the other guys. Maybe they should have to freshen it up and maybe to keep the Chiefs guessing some more. But I just think it was just the way they um, they planned the, the game plan was. I have it. changed my tune on this. I used to be of you have your game plan, you know what you do best, <clears throat> go out and you force that on the defense. Hmm. But I think we're talented enough and our work coached so well that we can, via film, know exactly what the defense is, where they're weak, and we attack them because we have nearly every piece available to us. We can go four wide 
or we can go bunch with two tight ends and attack Knox that way. We can do play action. We can run out of the gun. We can QB sneak it. Our offense can do anything. So why, why do the same thing every week when you can attack defenses at their weakness? And I think maybe that's what it was. Um, I do want to say that for every time I'm worried about Cole Beasley kind of being an issue, he was the first person to go celebrate with Knox on his touch on his touchdown. So that yeah. made me happy. I just, I'm just so like on edge. There's there, everything can come together this year. And if there's one distraction in the locker room that could ruin everything. And I just mm. hope that Beasley's not that uh, hopefully yeah. him deactivating his Twitter the other night is an indication that he's solely focused on football. And I hope yeah. that that's what it is. I mean, when you look at the, the scheming and all that, the Bills went quite heavy on two tight end sets and with the tight ends and all that. And they've done that the last two two games mm-hmm. as well. I mean, Dawson Knox is um, on pace, um, currently got 261 yards, five touchdowns already this season. He's already smashed what he got last year. Yeah, um, He's on pace for 887 yards. That would be... And- second on the team how do you think it's gonna go i have it could be second on the team mm-hmm. um depends on how quick how much more they get sanders involved in it i think it could be at least good for third on the team yeah but what's That'd what's interesting is you get like Diggs and sanders <laughs> at like nine then then knocks at eight i mean this team doesn't need a 1000 yard receiver you yeah know? i mean let me ask you a question you may you may not know this who currently has the record for a season at tight end with the most amount of yards. Tony Gonzalez. For the Bills. For the Bills. Ugh. 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 There's like <laughs> uh, Scott Chandler, Jay Reamers, uh, Joe DeLamalier never had a lot of yards. Uh, Scott Chandler? I mean, he was he led our team in receiving one year. It's going far back to 1967. Paul Costa with 726 yards. Oh, yeah, Paul Costa. I remember watching him play. Scott Chandler is actually second the okay. most with 655 okay. yards. So at the moment... I bet you if you asked my dad that, he wouldn't even know. <laughs> I'll probably put it out to Twitter and most people probably wouldn't even, even know that. It's a stat which, again, is if it happens, it comes off. It's another... Another um, example of how well Knox has actually um, progressed, how well this offense now become more well-rounded. I mean, he's on pace for 887. He would smash if he got on that pace. He would just smash it and be the first in the franchise history as a tight end to eclipse the 750 yards. And I here's another I was wrong scenario. I said hmm. we don't need a tight end. You know, I definitely assume that Beasley – and um, Gabe Davis would have more yards right now than Dawson Knox. And uh, you know what? This def- this offense is just so multidimensional. Anything can happen any week, and uh, that scares other defenses, and that just makes us very happy. Yeah, I mean, they have four, they ran two two up until the final um, the final drive of the um, of the game. They ran forty nine um, plays. Forty one percent of those snaps were using two tight ends on tight end heavy. Mm. Yeah, that's, and, that's that's something that I've never seen us do, yeah. And that played into what the ball liked to do at New England when he had Hernandez and Gronkowski. 
Yeah. Are we now seeing that, as you say, this multi-evolution of this um of this offense that we're not going to just stick to the one-one personnel um personnel offense and we're going to two tight ends, the I formation shotgun, getting more and more players involved to actually really give us that identity that we will we can beat you in any formation with any any player. And we can stop you because our defense is best in the league. We just exactly the best offense at home. Big picture questions coming up. Okay. Singletary or Knox going forward. What do you want to see them do with them? I want to see Moss be featured. I kind of, I kind of feel nice. As I say, I have them as I have Moss and Singletary. I couldn't really just decide for them at the beginning. I had them Singletary 1A, Moss 1B. Sure. That's how I had it at the beginning of the season. That's how they started. I mean, Singletary started the game. But you've now seen a more of an evolution in how many um, snaps each of them get. I think single first couple of weeks, Singletary got pretty much It was a half. split. Yeah. 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 And then it's now started to lean towards Moss being the featured. And I can see that. You've got someone that can be a be a threat in the red zone. He can actually, I mean, catch. He's got that that power that he can just bulldoze his way through. Yes, Singletary's got that as well. He's got the shiftiness. Maybe the speed and the long, the long distance speed maybe is hindering him a little bit, but you still, if you can get into the open space and you can make that space with your feet, then speed really doesn't matter <clears throat> that, that much as long as you're getting enough to actually make, don't get a first down, to make it like third and third and three, some very manageable on there. Yeah, I think I think with with our O line not really being great at run blocking, uh, you know, the good, not great, they're average. You know, it's not a strength. Moss can fight for one or two more yards, where I don't think Singletary has that. I think that Moss has better vision in seeing, you know, uh, if there's a hole here, is it going to close? Do I slip through the tackles? You know, I think Moss just has that better. Um, he's hotter right now too. Yeah, and uh, you go as much as you want to do it. You want to run the hot hand. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I really do want to see more of Moss, especially because uh, Singletary four fumbles on the year so far um, against Kansas City. You don't want to even risk a turnover, you know. Hmm. And uh, I think that's why we saw more of Moss, and I think we'll see more of Moss going forward. And that's Next probably question. the reason. And that's probably the reason. Also, I'm just going to put in there why we're probably not seeing much of Beasley and Davis. Because they're again, if they're potentially running the hot hands, the hot hands are going to be Dawson Knox, your Emmanuel Sanders, and Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I mean Beasley did have the other game; he had ten catches. So I mean, oh, yeah. use him. Was this just week five, or was it more important than that? I would say it's about eighty-five percent just week five. Where do you get these numbers from? I just pluck them out. Just <laughs> pluck them out. Yeah. 85% about um, just week five okay, and 15% something more. The 15% something more around that is the fact that you've now got that tiebreaker over Kansas. Mm-hmm. So in essence, we are three games ahead. So it's more analytical than emotional for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at it that way. You're looking at what there's like 90 odd percent, I think close to 99% chance that the Bills are going to make the playoffs now especially with this schedule coming up. Yeah. You've got that three-game lead on um, on the Chiefs. Okay, yeah, yeah, they're two and four. Um, they're two and three. 
I, they're going to have some trouble, I really feel, going forward. Yeah. So, and as much as you want to say it, you might have a bit of a psychological advantage. Not much, but a little bit if you have to face the Chiefs in the, um, in the playoffs. And the fact that... At home, hopefully. At home, yeah. In fact, you're looking at the fact we could potentially, I think it's going to be really a fight between the Chargers, us, and possibly the Ravens, maybe, yeah, yeah. for that number one seed. But I think we have enough on there to get that number one, to get that by a couple of weeks, and then watch it play out. I mean, you're looking at these, the rest of these teams, and you think they're all winnable games. I so think we've got third easiest schedule. Chargers, they've actually impressed me quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I've been impressed by oh, what yeah. the Chargers have actually managed to do. The Ravens are the Ravens, um, so we can beat them. Yeah, there's there's ways and means about it. So, fifteen percent of me is actually saying that this is a lot more than just a win, but ninety five percent of me will keep that feet on. What did I say? Eighty five. I say the you said eighty five. Okay, eighty five is actually me keeping my feet on the floor and staying a bit more grounded. Just saying that, yes, we beat. The, um, the favourites for the AFC. We've beaten um, the, the team that went to two straight Super Bowls, won one, lost one. No, don't care about that. But we went in there, went into them with that with that fans, and they are one of the loudest um, stadiums oh, yeah. mm-hmm. in the world. And we actually got They were ready. There. I mean, they knew that how big this game was. We gave Mahomes a beating. I think his worst, um, worst defeat by... Was it was it ended up being 18 points yeah. at home in the regular season? Okay, you've got the Super Bowl where you only scored nine two things day one, but at home, yep, in Kansas in the regular season, that defeat was Mahomes' worst in result score. So for me, it's as everyone says, you take it one game at a time going forward, mm-hmm. and that's where I think majority of me is at right now. I think. The other bit is going to say, yeah, we've we've almost got this number one seed locked up. We'll see how we go Way next too early week. To say that. Way too early to say that. Yeah, you know, that's uh, why. That's why me. I think yeah. part of me is saying that I've got that, but the majority of me is actually saying it's stuck on a um, stuck feet down and just play a game at a time. Just play what's in front of you because yeah, you never absolutely. know what's going to happen. Like I say, the Jets beating the Titans. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see Allen versus Mahomes as a modern-day Brady-Manning, and mm-hmm. want to be the Brady in that scenario. I mean, when he was when uh, Manning was with Indy, I mean, Brady had him eight to four, his eleven and six overall uh, in their career. Uh, there's there's this notion that Brady owned Manning, and for a while that was absolutely true. When they got to the playoffs, it was a little closer, but still. Uh, you don't want to have Allen be 0-3 versus Mahomes because then everyone talks about how Allen can't win that game. And now we did it convincingly, and I'm very happy to see that. And I bet we'll see them again uh, in the playoffs. Um, yeah. With where we're at now, um, I was re- listening to uh, Joe Biscalia's podcast, The Buffalo Beat, great stuff over there. <clears throat> he did say that, you know, we know who the teams are now. You know, I mentioned that in our preview show when we were looking at the stats, the stats don't lie anymore. The stats are an example of who teams are. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, I wanted to go through the rest of the schedule one more time, real quick, just to see what the Bills end up with. 
We know what we, yeah, I mean, I mean, this example here of what we did against Kansas City, uh, big impact on, I think, what the rest of the schedule looks like. So at Titans Monday Night Football. I think we I think we're going to go out there and win. All right. Uh, bye week. I don't like this early bye week. Not a big fan of it. Um, if we've dog. got the momentum, if we've been Titans, then yeah, I would be pissed with it because you're taking a you're taking a week out and you want to keep that momentum going. I just think late season health is so important. You know, I'd rather have a bye week in week twelve. Um, my, home Miami. That win. At Jacksonville. Win. At the Jets. Win. Home Colts. Judging by their performance this season, they did have a good, decent one here last night. Um, I would still say win. They blew it late. At New Orleans. That's going to be a tight one, but I'm still going to say win. Home Patriots. Win. At Tampa Bay. That one I'm putting a loss down. I still don't think... I, I think that the Bucks are probably still... Want, uh, the best team in the NFL at the moment. A lot can change by week 13. A lot of things can change, but at this moment in time, at this moment, if we're saying right now, I'm going to say loss. Okay. Uh, Home Carolina. Win. At New England. Win. Home Falcons. Win. Home Jets. Win. So that's five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 15, 14, 15, 16. What? Five, six. 15 and two. Nine, 10, it's a 17 game season. Take two losses from 17 is 15. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that we're going to lose one of those games in there that we should win just because that's the NFL. Mm. I still think that's enough for the one seed. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I want to just quickly talk about before I just go quickly run through a couple of um, Twitter mentions and all that is Spencer Brown. I mean, last week, last week I said he was, is it really, is it too early to just chuck him, throw him to the wolves um, against the Chiefs? Obviously, at the time, we didn't know Chris Jones was actually playing, but even without him, they still had a very solid game, Spencer Brown. And I think we've now got this right tackle sorted out with Dawkins on the left. I think now, as much as I said it with Darrell Williams and Deion Dawkins, I think Deion Dawkins, Spencer Brown, we've now got our our, our bookend tackle set. Yes. And it's now just working on this um, on this middle. I mean, as I say, there was no rotation at all in this game. Yeah, so and weird. I mean, you think Cody Ford's done with us? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's possible they it's possible they is. I don't, so I don't know if it's mental or, or if it is performance um, performance based, but it's it's a game and it's very solid and I think that we just need those two pieces find those I think Mitch Morse may still be safe um, we just need to find those two interior whether Daryl Williams develops into a right guard or not find those two interior guys and I think that's a solid that's a solid O line. Feliciano's fine on the left side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't get. I'm, I'm talking about more. I'm looking towards now. The future a bit more. I mean, Feliciano, what is he's 32, 33 well, at the moment. Williams. Yeah, Williams got yeah. on him too. So yeah, but you're looking at I'm trying to look more towards the future. I mean, in the in the interim, like next year or two, that would be a top a top offensive line. But going forward, maybe you get in this this draft or next draft, just get those two little pieces 
that you need. And I think this this interior line becomes probably one of the best we've had in in God knows how long. They're keeping Josh Allen upright so far this year, so that's all we can ask for, right? Yeah. So what I'm gonna do, I put out a couple of tweets um, on the um, on Twitter. Go to rwbb underscore podcast for this. Um, I just asked for people's opinions on on the game. Pretty much after some of them did wait a day to actually respond. We waited a day to do this. Today. I mean, there was no way we were doing this yesterday. We would have been zombies. That's true. Um, Jamie, Jamie McAndrew actually said the management team had a plan and the players executed it well. He won't be too excited about the Bills' chances till we start getting better in the um, the better half of the ref decisions. Again, we're not Yeah, go I'm there. happy that we didn't talk about the refs. I mean, it's one game into another. It'll change. Uh, you know, it's just what it, I mean, it sucked, but what can you do? Uh, the voice of reason um, on Twitter, um, he's as a diehard um, South Dakota-based English-born mafioso. Why is he still pissed about the loss to the Steelers? Yeah, I, think, I get I think that. the majority of people are. Week one, what are you going to do? And um, Chad Southam um, is saying Dawson Knox is the best tight end in the history of football. <laughs> Josh Allen is worth more than the whole of USA. And Emmanuel okay. Sanders replacing John Brown's a cheat code. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Davis stepped in nicely for Brown last year, but I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, I mean, I'm going to buy a Sanders jersey. He deserves it. In the in, Every time he talks, it's just verbal gold. And his performance on the field is just, you know, chef's kiss. It's been fantastic. Yeah. And the last one I put a discussion out there to see if we can get people interested, just saying, this is a statement win. Is this a statement win um, that we've been waiting for? And is it also a case that the Bills pretty much have locked the number one seed in the AFC um, in there? I've had a couple of responses on that one. I've had Robert Woods actually say, no, Chargers and Raiders will be a problem. Um, lucky they play each other next week. Say Raiders? Ravens. Ravens, yeah. Ravens. Yeah. Raiders, no. I would have said Ravens. I would have said Raiders until like the last couple of weeks. But How about the last enough. couple of hours with the whole John Gruden thing? That's true. That's true. They might be better off without him, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. And then um, that one, the last one's from Rich Sexton um, saying, yes to the first part that it's a statement win. No to the second. It's more of a we belong type moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think last year was us saying, hey, we're contenders in the AFC. And last uh, this last game was, hey, we're contenders for the Super Bowl. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt anymore. Absolutely. So psycholo- psychologically, it's important, um, but it's a we it's really a we belong we need to to get mm-hmm. to get this going get this well it was the narrative right i mean we like being hunters you know mm. i mean and we i mean the chiefs were the hunted i mean everyone wants to be the best they can against the chiefs everybody on our schedule coming up bar the 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 bucks they're gonna bring their a game because hey we want to beat the bills we they're the best team we got to do our best to beat them. No one's going to come and say, Oh, it's just the bills anymore. You know, it's like, Oh, it's just Josh Allen. You know, you know, look at his first few years. It's like, Holy shit. We got to do the bills now. All right, let's go and get them. You know, it's it, every team is going to bring that little extra yeah. to, to, to our games now. Uh, bring it on. Yeah. So before we sign off, is there anything else that you want to, to add 
to no, this. No, I'm good. Or... I think I'm going to uh, go take a nap now. <laughs> and we've gone through about talking about stupid penalties, stupid commentators, stupid analysts and all that, which is a good thing. Yeah. Put that under the carpet. Yeah. Don't give them any airtime. No. So, <laughs> so all we say is keep following us at UK um, underscore Bills on Twitter and we've hit 4,000 followers. Can we get that up to five thousand by the uh, by the end of the season? Possible, we can. It's all up to you guys out there to actually uh, to do that for us. Uh, at RWBB underscore podcast for the uh, podcast Twitter, Buffalo Bills UK on Facebook and YouTube. And I'll tell you that there is going to be a top yes coming in a couple of weeks for the bye week. Ooh, I know you. I know you know it, Alex. I told you about it. You know, no one's going to get any more hints other than it's a. I'm just going to give one hint. It's a former right. Bills player. It's a former Bills player. That's the only hint. That narrows it down. It that narrows, it, that down, narrows it down. But that's all I'm going to. That's all I'm going to say on that one. No. So keep an eye on that. So definitely hit the subscribe, the follow button, and the like button, the share button, and all that. Um, and just keep growing this base. Next week. We go um, to the Titans again. Unfortunately, the Fitzrover Bell won't show it, but we're back after that, after the bye week with the Dolphins, Fitzrover Bell, Moortown Bell on the 7th of November. Save the date for the party. I'm going to be there. I'm going to make sure I'm there for it. Yeah, buddy. And uh, all I can say is from Alex and myself, it's uh, thank you for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for tuning in. And let's go, Buffalo Bills. Go, Bills. Yeah, no, no. Not us. You don't know anything about work. You don't know anything about work, huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills.